Well, good morning. When we started Ephesians in January of 2021, a year ago, uh, the plan was not to be still in Ephesians in 2022, but here's what happened. The Word of God is richer and deeper than we can ever continue to imagine, correct? And I'm simpler and slower than you can imagine. So here we are in chapter 6. But looking at this last section in this letter, and I'm very grateful, actually, that the Lord has us here in Ephesians 6 as we begin this year. Because when we talk about this idea from this passage to stand, and we didn't come up with that word. That's the word that's repeated in the text. It's not stand as in don't move. It's stand as in don't get knocked down. And just look around at our world, look at other believers, look at the church, and you see why this is a significant call at this time in our own journey. Because we are surrounded and engaged with ideas and thoughts and beliefs that will seek to knock us down from what the scripture says. So this will be a call to stand. Uh, This morning, we're going to simply look at one single verse that launches this section. Verse 10, I hope it's there in front of you. Finally, be strong in the Lord. And when he says finally, he actually does mean finally this time. There's plenty of times where Paul says finally, and then he goes on for two more chapters. But he is wrapping it up. Finally, church, I want you to think about this personally. Finally, be strong. Where? In the Lord, in the strength of his might. So a very simple, direct admonition. Be strong. It's not the first time. If your Bible's open there, you can... Turn back a couple pages. He first speaks about being strong in the Lord in chapter 1, verse 19. He's praying for them. And what's he pray? He prays that they would know, verse 19, what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. So he prays that we would know that surpassing greatness of his power. Turn to chapter 3. And he's praying for them again at the end of chapter 3. And he prays in verse 16 that they would be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So he has prayed this twice for them, that they would be strengthened. This time in verse 10 of chapter 6, he says, be strong in the Lord. It's not a prayer for them. This is a command to them. This is a command to us as followers of Christ that we would be strong. But here's what we, what we have to make sure we capture. It is a command rooted in a promise. Be strong in the Lord. The promise that this command is rooted in is simply this, the theme of Ephesians, that we are in him. Anybody remember Carfish? Anybody? That we are in, in him. We are chosen, chapter one, adopted, 
Jesus. All right, four of you remember it from January of 2021. Chosen, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, informed, sealed heirs. That's the first 13 verses of Ephesians chapter one. That in him, we are chosen, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, informed, sealed heirs. And because of our placement in Christ, Peter promises his divine power has granted to us, next word, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence. So don't miss this. It's a command. What's the command? Be strong. Where? In the Lord. In him. The promise that we can be strong, obey this command, is that if you are in Christ, you have been made strong. How many of you have been made strong in Christ? Okay, if you are in him, and how have you been made strong? In him. The Holy Spirit in you is power, divine power, that gives you everything that you need for life and for godliness. So, I'm going to make a statement, true or false. Every believer is equally empowered by the Holy Spirit. True or false? True. All of us are equally strengthened. So question, why the command then? If we're all equally strengthened, why the command to be strong? For this reason. All believers are made equally strong in Christ, but... Although all are made equally strong in Christ, what's true? All do not live equally strong in Christ. See, I think all of us have people in our lives that we look to and we go, and they live strong. You have somebody in your life that you look to and you go, they live strong in the Lord. And part of it at you goes, I'd like to live strong in the Lord, like they live strong in the Lord. And so he gives a command, be strong, not because we have not been made strong, but because we who have been made strong often do not live strong. Paul's personal testimony And Philippians 4 is this. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can, can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you? No, come on. You're having a hard time with the truth this morning? Do you do all things through Christ who strengthens you? No, come on. Some of you have blown it already today. And if not, 
wait a while. <laughs> All of us can, but what did he, he learned. See, the, the crucial here is that I can as I learn how to. So the command, be strong, rooted in a promise. You've been strengthened. But being strong is a learned life, not an automatic development. And that's crucial. That we understand, that we're willing to engage in this text this morning, recognizing if this is going to be true in my life, I have to learn to live this way. It'd be nice if we just went, well, once I repent of my sin, believe in Jesus, and he pours his spirit into my heart like he promises, and he makes me strong, at, at year one, I'll learn to live by 25% of that strength, year two, 50% of that strength, year three, 75, and by the time I hit year four in my life, I'll be cruising. It just happens automatically. But that's not true. In fact, you could be in the Lord a long time and still not live strong. In fact, if we don't intentionally learn, we will continue to actually, in spite of all that God has done for us, we'll live weak lives. You know what a weak life looks like? A life that continues to, to sin in that same way over and over and over and over again. And some of you are like, oh, yeah, that's me. Uh, I, I, I just, that sin that easily entangles me, you know what it is. Greed, lust, alcohol, selfishness, fear, worry. And you want to be strong, but you think, well, maybe someday. Maybe someday just, just God will poof, get me. You'll wake up. No, you won't. You can learn because you've been promised. What's the promise? You have everything that you need for life and godliness. You have everything. The promise is you are in him. He chose you, adopted you, forgave you. Redeemed you? <laughs> I might have had a calf rish right there. <clears throat> Formed, he sealed you. He made you an heir. You have everything that you need. But friends, we have to learn to live strong. And I think some of us are on cruise control thinking, ah, I'll just live my life and God's going to do what he's going to do. And someday I'll wake up living strong. No. Paul says, I can and I've learned how to, continuing to learn. So specifically, do you know where you're living weak? Maybe it is with temptation. Maybe you're living weak in the sense that fear just really rules your life. Or worry rules your life. Or you're living weak in the sense that your desires rule your life. 
And when it comes down to it, you do what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it, where you want to do it. That's living weak. And he says, hey, we've been at it for five and a half chapters. Now, finally, be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. So we got to learn. Here's how we start learning. I start learning by knowing and remembering and remembering and knowing and remembering. You don't have to write it down that many times, but you get I must know and remember the strength of his might. Now, I didn't just go, all right, how do I learn to be strong? I simply, this is straight from the text. How do we learn to be strong? We know and remember the strength of his might because the text says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. If I am going to live in his strength, I have to I have to know what his strength is. So, where's that begin? Begins with your interaction with this book. I know it's January. I know you've grown potentially cynical of New Year's resolutions. So don't call it a resolution. Just call it, I'm going to learn to be strong by a renewed commitment to be in the scriptures. Because the scriptures remind me and teach me the strength of the Lord which is my strength. Do you have go-to places in the Bible where you go, oh, when I need to remember to be strong in the Lord, here's where I go that reminds me how strong God is. You any place where you go? I see a few nods. A place, where, a place in the scriptures where you go, man, this is my spot. Lots of people would go, I just go straight to creation. When God spoke this world into existence, when God took nothing and actually made something big and amazing, the scripture says that's a go-to God story, right? Uh, The heavens declare the glory of God. See, it's worthwhile not only to open our Bible and read it, but then to step outside and go, You spoke this into existence. Now, are you connecting the dots? Be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might that spoke into existence from nothing. Like that. That's strong. Maybe creation is one of your go-to God stories. For me, I've told you many times, flight path for flies is always a kicker for me. What am I talking about? I'm talking about in Exodus when God told flies to fly in Egypt but not fly in Goshen. Now, you may go, oh, that doesn't do anything for me. You ever tried to make a fly fly where you want it to fly? Okay. Trying to get it out there, and that thing just goes wherever you want. And so what do you do? You kill it. Right? I can't kill the fly. I, I mean, I can only kill the fly. I can't make it fly where I want him to fly, so I'll just cease his flying. But, but the Lord that creates a universe bigger than we can put a tape measure to can take a little fly and thousands and hundreds of thousands 
and tell them where to fly and, not where, and where not to fly. Why does that matter? Because sometimes you and I will go, I just feel like I'm a fly on this earth. One of a, what now, seven billion? It's eight now. Phew, COVID. <laughs> you think about that. Does he rule in your life? Does he know what you think? Does he know what's going on in the, the intricacies of your life? See, it's just not that he made flies fly in Egypt. It's that God can be that individually involved. And for me to live strong is to know God is that personal. For me, another one, Nebuchadnezzar, who went out, looked on his rooftop, and he said, man, look what I have done. Look how great I have done by the power of my might. And the Lord was like, mm, that was a bad conclusion. And turns a man into an animal until that man learns. Nobody's great unless God makes them great. And when Nebuchadnezzar goes, great is the Lord, and he gets to choose whoever he means great, then his pride is removed and an animal becomes a man again. Why is that a go-to story for me? Because God resists the proud. God hates the proud but gives grace to the humble. And that's a go-to story for me because I remember the power of God to confront my pride. And I want to run from pride. And I want to encourage you. Anytime you think you're great, repent as fast as you can. Because God, in his great strength, knows how to confront pride. Another go-to story for me. When a little boy ends up having his lunch feed thousands of people. And you go, really? That's just a kid's story. Oh, man. I love that story because Andrew, Andrew, the text says, shows up with this lunch. And you know what he says to Jesus? But what is this among so many? And Jesus says, have them sit down and let me show you. Now, he didn't say the, have, let me show you. That's what he did. He said, have them sit down. And a little boy's lunch feeds thousands of people and they have leftovers. Be strong. Not in your strength because you know what you got? A little lunch. You got a little lunch at best about what the Lord wants to do. And that's what? That's more than enough for the person who says, here it is. Be strong, remembering the strength of the Lord to feed thousands with a lunch with leftovers. Now, I don't know. You may have other stories. You may have other ones that are just like really important to you. But these are the things that I go to back to again and again and again to remind me, Doug, don't be weak. Be strong in the Lord, in, in the strength of his might. Uh, but it's not just the scriptures. A couple uh, resources. 
that I would strongly, if, if I could make you, and obviously I can't, <laughs> but if, if I could with all my heart encourage you to read a book outside of your Bible, it'd be two biographies. Brother Andrew, God smuggler, if you've never heard him, it's a guy that simply got a hold of the fact that, that God loves his word and he wants his people to have his word. And he discovered there was a whole communist world in the 50s that didn't have the word of God. And you know what he decided to do? He decided to pack vehicles full of Bibles and drive them into communist countries, believing that God would blind the eyes of guards. And he did. He'd, stay, he'd be in line going into like Romania and there'd be these guards tearing these cars all apart looking for stuff that they didn't want in the country. And he'd be like, Lord, I need you. He'd get in line. They'd look and go right on through. And he'd have hundreds of Bibles packed into the sides of his car. And he'd go in and distribute Bibles to churches this size who never didn't have a single Bible. The pastor didn't have a Bible. Now, as I look at your faces, you're like, eh, eh. hey, uh, I don't know about you, but that does something to me when I go, be strong. Believe that the Lord is able to accomplish what the Lord intends to accomplish. And do you want to be a part of that? I want to be a part of that. But that just doesn't happen automatically. Hudson Taylor, a guy who changed missions and how it happens by taking the gospel into China and taking on Chinese dress and doing what no missionary had ever done before other than Jesus who took on human flesh. And he learned to trust the Lord with financial provision. He simply said, I'm never going to tell people what I need financially. I'll tell the Lord. And I'll expect that the Lord will tell people. And he went his entire life and started an entire ministry and mission that took the gospel to China's inland without ever asking a single person for a dollar. He just asked the Lord. And then the Lord told people. There's an amazing story in the middle of that book that I am not going to tell you. <laughs> but you should read it. Why? Because if we're going to be strong in the Lord, we have to begin by knowing his strength. And you're not getting that on Netflix, folks. And no offense, but that's what we're doing. We're filling our lives with a bunch of stuff that is not causing us to be strong in the Lord. And somehow we think we're going to fill our lives. And, and I'm not against Netflix. I'm just, well, maybe a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> There's just a whole bunch of stuff that we're filling our lives with. And, and somehow we think that we can fill our lives that don't have anything to do with the Lord. And then we're going to be strong in the Lord. And we're not. It's learned. And it begins with a discipline of going, I am going to saturate and fill my mind and my heart with the strength of the Lord because I cannot live in what I do not know. Right? Can't live in what I don't know. And gratefully, the Lord's just really, really been gracious 
in his work here. It's just, in other words, it's just not what God has done in the scriptures and what God has done in other people's lives, but what God has done here. I won't ever tire of telling you about Rebecca who had 15 years of chronic pain and one day in a service simply asked the Lord, Lord, will you take it away? Sitting in the sound booth in the third hour, she literally felt chronic 15-year pain leave her arms never to return. And you go, I've heard that. Uh, I hope me too. And I keep talking about it. Why? Because that reminds me. God not only has worked, he, he is working. December 26, when Pete stood up and said, I couldn't walk. And then the Lord healed me and I walked. Man, my heart sinks. Every Palm Sunday, when Julie sends me an email and says, I'll never forget the Palm Sunday. I was sitting right over in South Auditorium and I had a tumor and the Lord softened it and took it away. The next day I went to the doctor and there was none. Why do I tell those stories? To remind me the strength of his might. Back in uh, December 19th, so less than 30 days ago, we talked about spirit-empowered generosity. That giving in the New Testament is about is not about a, a percentage applied to all people, but it's a response to God in light of we are one with Him and one with one another. And as God has given us, we have the privilege to say, "Lord, how can we give?" And we introduce to you readiosity, being ready to be generous. I ask you to pray, and then put whatever the Lord put on your heart on the tree. You know what you put on the tree? You know what you put on the tree? Over $142,000 got put on that tree for radiosity. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, what? For, for 2022 and whatever, the, I don't know what the Lord has in the coming year. I do know this. We are ready to be generous because you listened to the Lord and responded to him. And that is a recurring joy-filled experience in my heart with this body. In 2007, we were landlocked. We had owned from the driveway there uh, and then back. But we didn't have any place to build and no place to park. And then the property became available. And they wanted $3.8 million for that property. And we said, we don't have a word from the Lord. But it's an opportunity. So let's ask. Maybe you weren't here. Maybe you were. But we prayed for 30 days. Lord, we're not saying you want it for us. We're just saying, if you do, we need you to provide. Because we don't, we don't have any debt as a church. We'll need you to provide. And so we ask you to pray. And after 30 days, give us a little note that said, here's what I'll commit to in the next two years. Waited 30 days, collected it all, added it all up. And without any human organization, only the Spirit of God leading individuals who said, Lord, what do you want? Hundreds of people listening to the Lord. And it was all done, $3.8 million. Exact, exactly what was needed. 
with only the leadership of Jesus, the head of Christian Family Chapel at work within his body. That's the sort of stuff that I know and remember. You see, it begins with, if we're going to be strong, it begins with recognizing the strength of the Lord. It's why we do a worship service. See, I don't know, did you engage this morning in worship, in lifting your voice and maybe your arms and your heart with declaring how great and nothing is impossible with the Lord? Because I knew what I was going to talk about, and so I was like, these songs are like really, really good. But I don't know if, if you engaged in that. And, and so Thursday night I was in back and I, I had this picture in my mind of a worship service is like a rich man getting up every morning, opening up his bank account and going, sweet, look at how much I have. I don't need to be chintzy today. I've got some serious coin. Now, don't miss it. I'm not saying you should trust in your bank account. What am I saying? I am saying every morning we get up and we have serious God coin in our bank account that that is intended to do what? Be strong. Know that. Live strong because you have been made strong. See, I want to encourage this really every single day. Because some of you do this with your finances that are just going to take wings and fly away. How much better for you to go up every single day and be reminded how rich you are in God. How great he is. The strength of his might. That you then would go, why would I be chicken today? Why would I be worried today? Why would I pursue life in other things today? Why would I try to find life in other stuff Look at my bank account. You with me? Be strong is learned. And it begins with knowing the strength of his might stories. Second, as I know who he is, if I'm going to be strong, I must then know who I am in him. Again, this is not, uh, let me think through how could people learn. This is what the text says. What the text say? Be strong in the Lord. That's the command. In the Lord. In the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. The world's full of people who want to be strong. What is defining about you and I is this. That our strength by which we live from, is from a very specific relationship in the Lord. Romans 6 says, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Here's the point. Even so, consider yourselves. 
to be just like Christ. Dead to sin, but alive to God. If I'm going to know who God is, that's where it starts. But then I go, oh, I know who I am in him, in him, in Christ Jesus. I have the strength to say no to every sin. I will be strong because he has strengthened me to say no. I am dead to sin. Slavery to sin is gone in my life. Now you need to learn to live in it, but you cannot learn to live in it until you know that. Do you know that the sin that is easily entangle you does not need to easily entangle you? That you have been set free from that. And in Christ, you not only have the power and the strength to say no to all sin, you have the power and the strength to do all that he commands. Everything he says, that which you go, oh, I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) You can. In the Lord. Be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. Learn all that he is and all of his greatness and all of his power. Not just past, but present and future. And know that you are in him and he is in you. That you, because you're in him, have died to sin. And sin no longer is master over you. And in him, you are alive to God. And therefore, the life that you live, you can live unto him. Because you are in him. Our identity statement that we said for a hundred times a couple years ago. I'm going to bring it back. For some of you may go, oh, this is new to me. Others of you are going, I don't know. Can you still say it? I'm a child of God, forgiven and set free from slavery to sin. The spirit of God lives in me to do the work of God through me. Say it with me. I'm a child of God, forgiven and set free from slavery to sin. The spirit of God lives in me to do the work of God through me. Again, I'm a child of God. Forgiven and set free from slavery to sin. The spirit of God lives in me to do the work of God through me. That's learning to be strong. I knew, I know who he is in the power of his might. And I know who I am in Christ. If I know who he is, and I know who I am, will I be strong? One more step. I actually have to take action. I have to take action. Yes, I can know his strength and know who I am in Christ, but that is being made strong. Being strong is then acting according to his might in me, his might in me, his might, his power, his strength in me, and taking action accordingly. 
So I wanted to put two pictures up here, but I was afraid they would be awkward. The first picture I wanted to put up was a picture of a bodybuilder. You ever seen pictures of bodybuilders? You know what I'm talking about? And you know why they're a little awkward? Because they have big muscles and little garments. I was like, I don't know that I need to see that in church. But you know the difference between a bodybuilder and a weight lifter? Who looks stronger? The bodybuilder. Who is stronger? The weightlifter. A bodybuilder does things to make him look strong. A weightlifter does things to be strong. And so listen, church. We can get into bodybuilding mode. Oh, I go to church every Sunday, and I got this Bible study, and I've been listening to John Piper. He is awesome. And, and I have this devotional I do, and you, you're like pumping weights, and you never move a thing. You look strong, but you just never actually move a thing. One of the most famous stories in the Bible is the army of Israel lined up for battle against the army of the Philistines. Families all across Israel don't have their fathers or their sons at the house, on the farm, helping because they are off to war. One of those guys whose sons are off to war is named Jesse, and he sends his youngest son, who's not off to war, on an Uber Eats run to the front. He sends his son David with cheese. (laughs) And when David gets there, what does he discover? Does he discover war? Does he discover war? Yes or no? No. What's he discover? He discovered people who showed up for war. But was any warring happening? None. There's just guys who got ready for war, and went off to war, but when they got to war, they didn't actually make war. They got weak because of a loudmouth named Goliath who kept taunting them, and they got scared. And David shows up and goes, who is going to take that loudmouth out? Like, he shows up not as a bodybuilder, but as a weightlifter. He shows up to move something. And then, watch, because this is what weightlifters do to bodybuilders. They get, oh, come on, why are you acting so proud? That was pure conviction right there. Weightlifters bring conviction to bodybuilders. And David says... I know the Lord, and I know him in a real way. There's got some dead bears and some dead lions to prove that I know the Lord. And I know the Lord is with me. And so there's just going to be another dead one. Because I know, see, he had learned not only the strength of the Lord, he had learned 
to walk in that strength. And he showed up, not looking strong. In fact, everybody made fun of him because he didn't look strong. But he was actually the only one who was strong. Are you listening, church? It's not a matter of who looks strong. It's a matter of who takes action, who is strong, who has learned the greatness of their God, learned of their identity in him and him in them, and then actually does something. Now you may go, well, what do you mean, does something? What do I do? Well, let me give you 13 quick ones that I don't want you to write down. I don't want you to write them down because that won't make you strong. I just want you to ask yourself as we run through these real quickly, (laughs) am I being strong in these ways or am I being weak? You, you, You tracking? To be strong in the Lord is to take action, to stand against unbiblical cultural values. It's to boldly proclaim the gospel of grace. It's to pray with perseverance. It's to be courageous in the face of fear. It's to endure hardship. It's to help the weak, admonish the unruly, to encourage the faint-hearted, to be patient with all. It's to love sacrificially and to forgive freely. It's to be content and to rejoice in all circumstances. Now, that's not an exhaustive list. It's just as many as I could get on one slide. But it's an example of being strong. You understand? When when Paul says to the church, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might, he is saying, stand, proclaim, boldly, pray with perseverance, act with courage, endure, help, admonish, encourage, patient, love, forgive, be content, rejoice. That's being strong. It's, it's an action. And so, I don't actually think any of us want to be David's brothers who just show up for war and never make war. I think we want to be David who actually moves something, who actually makes a difference in the Lord. So if you're going to learn to be strong in the Lord, you got to start with this. Acknowledge where you're weak. Do you see places here where you've been made strong but you're living weak? This is not a one-size-fits-all. This is a for yourself right now in this moment. Do you see where maybe you're living weak? You're getting conformed, not standing against. You're just too silent. You have gospel opportunities. You're just chicken out constantly. And you know it, and you hate it, but you're never changing. See, this is why we read the scriptures. This is why we read books books about Hudson Taylor and about Brother Andrew who encourage us 
to be courageous in the face of fear. Those men did not do what they did because they weren't afraid. They did what they did because they learned to be strong in the Lord. Maybe you prayed and you've just stopped praying. You gave up. Hardship, you sought to to please the Lord in hardship, and now you're just grumpy, unhappy, angry, frustrated, clenched fists with the Lord instead of enduring. See, I, I had to ask myself, how am I helping weak people? And not with just words. Anybody being helped because you're being strong? Are you just building muscle but not moving anything? Few people want to admonish the unruly. You want me to, you just don't want to. (laughs) To encourage. You see it. We're never going to learn until we admit where we're weak. And then we go, all right, Lord, who are you? And you need to encourage to, uh, I want to encourage you to accumulate your God's strength stories. They don't need to be mine. They need to be yours. Where when you are living weak, you remember, oh God, this is who you are. This is what you do. This is how you acted. Moses at the burning bush is another one for me. Why? Because I'm fundamentally a chicken. And I need to remember, the Lord said to Moses, I know who made your mouth. I know, I'll be with you. I'm fundamentally a chicken, so Moses is one of my guys. But who, who is it in the scripture that you have seen God be strong for that will be your guy or your woman? And to learn, not just in this room, but day in, day out, when you get up, when you have lunch, when you're doing your exercise. I'm a child of God, forgiven and set free from slavery to sin. The spirit of God lives in me to do the work of God through me. You would know your identity in Christ and you would remember it in moments when you would be tempted to be weak like you've always been weak and to begin to be strong. All right, I ask you not to write down 13 of them. Would you write down one or two where you would go, this is where I want to be strong, to learn to be strong, not automatic. I, I want, this is where I want to learn to be strong. And, and it might not be up there. Like I said, it's not, there might be, oh, you missed mine completely, Doug. <laughs>
I'm giving you time to listen to the Lord. I'm encouraged when I see others who have been strengthened be strong. That encourages me. That's one of the, the great gifts of being together is the body of Christ. When I see you respond to the Lord, that encourages me to respond to the Lord. When I see you be generous, that encourages me to be generous. Anybody willing to just call out their word? Patience? Encouragement. I'm sorry, I missed that one. Fear. Help. Endure. Forgive. Pray. Act. Sometimes we just got to say it, don't we? Won't make it happen. But there's, there's a little safety in going, yeah, just kind of all of them. I just keep in the need of all of them. Guess what? You're going to continue to be weak. Seriously. You have to be willing to go, you don't have to say it out loud. But you have to go, where am I weak that I'm going to embrace, be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might? When David showed up, an army that wasn't making a difference, a whole tide turned on one man being strong. And if you'll be strong in the Lord, you can turn the tide of your marriage or your home or your school or your workplace or maybe your street. You can. If you will, be strong in the Lord because strong in the Lord changes things. The strength of the Lord radically changes things. So let's commit ourselves, not to be strong in ourselves, not to be determined, but to be strong in the Lord. Stand with me as the band comes up to lead us. I've been short on memory. I was supposed to give them 60 seconds to get ready. I want us to declare we're going to be the church. We're going to be the instruments of God that impact this world. Not in us, but because of who God is and who he is in us. So are we close to ready? Sure. All right, sure. <laughs> Together, let's declare first, I am a 
child of God, forgiven and set free from slavery to sin. The spirit of God lives in me to do the work of God through me. Let's sing. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Oh.
Okay, so Lord, as we sing, we're gonna we're gonna pray now, Lord, that we know that it is only in your strength that we can do that, that we can change, and that we can change those circumstances around us. So Lord, would you remind us of who you are, remind us of who we are in you, and Lord, would your power, would your spirit empower us and encourage us and move us to take action in your name, uh, the more and more people will come to know you and the, and the love that you have um, for us for them. Lord, we appreciate you. We thank you. All you've done for us, Lord. May our life show it. We love you. In your name. Amen. You guys have a great rest of the day. We'll see you next time.